1: we are focusing on a portion of Christ's Sermon on the Mount concerning that rarely discussed topic of fasting. In this passage, Jesus continues to warn us, as he did in verse 1, to beware of practicing our righteousness before men. In other words, fasting, like giving and prayer, is only acceptable when God alone is honored. This message also answers the question of what does or does not constitute true biblical fasting. If you're not operating a motor vehicle or other dangerous machinery, feel free to open your Bible and follow along in Matthew chapter 6 verses 16 through 18. Here is today's slice of Pastor Jim's message entitled Traveling in the Fast Lane.
0: When you go through an extremely stressful time, an extremely painful time, often your appetite goes away. You can lose your appetite in the face of extreme emotions and then couple that with a, a, a strong desire to concentrate on seeking God and to, and to know his word and to know his wisdom to, to the point that earthly matters that are temporary are of very minor importance. So food just can drop off the, uh, the radar, if you will. And so you just decide, I'll do without that for a day or a couple of days or whatever it is. Now, without looking at all the, the specifics, let me show you a summary of what I observed as the types of occasions and circumstances when fasting was practiced by people in the Bible other than on the Day of Atonement. There's times of uh, war or the threat of war, sickness, mourning over someone's death, uh, penitence, uh, repentance, to, to bring an end to God's chastening, I- impending danger like uh, the threat of an enemy attack. Uh, there's the commemoration of calamities. It's a time of drought. You don't have any water, and your crops are dying. You might be calling out to God. And there's two cases in the Bible: one with Moses, and one with Daniel when they fasted in preparation for receiving special revelation from God. That gives you an example of the kinds of things that would be of such momentous significance that you might fast. When you look at how to do it, the the lengths of fasts varied uh, considerably. The most common fast is one day. From sunrise to sunset, and after sunset, um, food can be taken. Moral of that story is always fast in the winter when the days are shorter. That's how the rabbis would always think. Uh, There are are examples of other durations of fasting. uh, On Wednesday nights, as we're working through Esther, Uh, you know of her fasting for three days, day and night, before her big showdown with the king, there was the fast associated with the morning of the, of the death of King Saul, 1 Samuel 31. That lasted seven days. And David fasted also for seven days, crying out to God for mercy for the son that was born to him and, and Bathsheba. And then when the baby died, he, he washed himself and took his, took his food. Uh, the only two longer fasts recorded in the Bible were Moses when he was receiving the law or before he received the law and Jesus uh, at the time of his temptation and those were both 40 days and nights. Now in those cases there was obviously an element of divine protection because you can't starve yourself for 40 days and then do things like climb a mountain and carry some big rocks back down or big stones back down and, or face the devil uh, face to face. There's also the, the boast of the self-righteous Pharisee. That's described in Luke chapter 18, verse 12. You know, the guy that was praying thus to himself in the temple. I thank you that I'm not like all these other people, like this tax gatherer over here. And what was his boast? I fast twice a week. Exactly the stuff that Jesus is opposing here. Boasting about how much you fast. Now, though not technically a fast, uh, people have at times uh, refrained from certain kinds of food. For example, Daniel said this, Daniel 10, 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. Mourning what? Well, mourning the spiritual situation into which Israel fell that brought about them being in captivity, where Daniel was praying that prayer. And he says, I did not eat any tasty food. He became gluten intolerant for that period of time. And that's If you've lived with a gluten-free person, you know what that means. Nor did meat or wine enter my mouth. Nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. So he, he just he just went really, really basic and simple and minimalistic in that. And that was somewhat of a fast. In the Bible and in most practices of Fasting that you can find throughout history, whether in biblical history or not. Fasting is frequently associated with prayer. Uh, In other cases, it's associated with a strong sense of purpose for a a specific cause. The most uh, foolish example of any fast anywhere recorded in the Bible Remember, as we read through the book of Acts in our morning uh, uh, Scripture reading not terribly long ago, we went past this in Acts chapter 23 while Paul was in uh, Caesarea about to be shipped out to, uh, to, to Rome. And we're told this, When it was day, the Jews, the ones who wanted Paul killed, formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who formed this plot, and all 40 of them died of starvation. It doesn't say. You know why? They weren't successful, obviously, Paul had just been told that he was promised by the Lord that he would go on and give his uh, his testimony in Rome. But the rabbis taught, again, this is the system that Jesus was confronting. They taught that such vows were not binding when they couldn't be carried out. So that's an example of the hypocrisy and the foolishness that Jesus was confronting in this sermon. Remember, let your yes be yes and your no, no. I mean, I could say to you that I vow that I will run for 175 or more yards in the Super Bowl tonight and score three touchdowns, or I won't eat. Well, if you did that under the system of the Pharisees, you can say, well, if it can't be fulfilled... Now that's an important vow isn't it I solemnly swear to do this if I can that's that's not what it's all about Now we get some interesting tidbits about fasting that come to us from early church history now, we have the writings of some Christians as early as the 2nd century and it and it shows what has been done with the subject of fasting from very early on in the church and how quickly some in the church added things to the Bible. Um, Fasting two days a week was or is recommended in a a document called the Didache. That's the Greek word for teaching, or the teaching of the 12 apostles. It wasn't written by the 12 apostles, but it uh, purports that some of it was handed down from the apostles. It's not inspired, it's not authoritative, but it is insightful. And the (coughs) Didache recommends Christians fasting two days a week on Monday and Thursday. And they chose Monday and, Monday and Thursday specifically to be different than the two days a week that the Jews tended to fast. That same document says that if a person was going to be baptized, and whoever was going to baptize them, and the other leaders in the church community, they were to fast prior to the baptism. Um, a document called Second Clement, written by a man named Clement, said Quote, fasting is better than prayer. Now, that's an interesting one. He didn't say how it's better. I think the gist of it is praying is good. But when you are so focused on praying that food becomes irrelevant to you. And you're fasting and praying. That that's maybe even better in you pouring out your heart. I, I assume that's what he meant. A man named Hermas called fasting important, but in that same context, he said, uh, he, he, he declared that the good life, living the good life, in other words, life of good works, life of one who is walking with the Lord, that that is the real fast that is pleasing to the Lord. Now, I think I would have liked Hermas the best of any of these guys uh, because he, he, he seems to be saying, look, yeah, you can do the stuff on the outside, but the real thing is how are you living? And that's what honors the Lord. He also spoke of a modified fast in which uh, you would eat only bread and water, and then the money that you would otherwise have spent on groceries would be given to charity. So again, fasting with a, with a purpose in mind. Now, I want to emphasize, all those things are in addition to what the Bible says. And I point them out just for the sake of general interest and in understanding the subject of fasting, but also to demonstrate how common it is for people to take something simple and turn it into a bunch of legalism. So, let's, let's summarize. There's only one fast per year ever prescribed by God, and it was on the Day of Atonement. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, eight three seven zero four, or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible
1: Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.